Hello, everyone. My name is Luke John Louis, the host of the Deep Voice Man Show. Uh, thank you for joining us today, and uh, we have a, a treat in store for us. Uh, we have a, a guest. Uh, her name is Maria Blonde, and uh, we're very fortunate to have her here with us. Uh, she is an intuitive author and mentor who helps writers and creatives feel safe and confident sharing their gifts. Uh, she began her professional life as a math and yoga teacher at the college level using hands-on interactive learning techniques and reflective writing. Maria's life has transformed at a number of different times, most especially when she and her daughter volunteered in Haiti after the earthquake of 2010, uh, which led to starting the Heart School in Haiti. And uh, after realizing uh, the privileges she has been you know, given in her life, contrasted with the poverty in Haiti, she has decided to devote all funds raised directly through uh, Hearts Blooming, a community organization that she founded uh, to the, the Heart School in Haiti. So um, we're very fortunate to have her here with us. She was able to carve up some time in her packed schedule to sit down and have a chat with us. So uh, we're very thankful. I guess to start off, uh, Maria, can you tell us about uh, your background um, and how you first gravitated towards doing what you do today? Well, you know, it's interesting, Luke. I've done so many different things, but there's been a common thread throughout all my teaching is that I've always encouraged people to do reflective writing, whether it was in a math class, a yoga class, or writing a book program. So I always think it's important for us to take time to sit down, reflect on what we're doing, what's going well, what could go differently. And so I bring that reflective piece into the work of helping people birth the book that they have thought about writing but never started or maybe started and just don't know how to finish. So that is how I began doing this work. Wow, thank you so much for that. And so obviously, um, you know, I've met so many people like you who have a passion for writing and you took that passion and, and decided to run with it, but to help other people because uh, there's so many people out there that want to write a book, but they don't know where to start. They don't consider themselves writers, so to speak. So there are folks like yourself who come in, uh, who give them the motivation, who help to take all their stories, words, and ideas and, and put them into print, right? And so uh, the world is a much better place because of folks like yourself. So I'm curious, uh, Maria, can you tell us the uh, the current state of affairs when it comes to uh, writing and publishing? And uh, I know you have a book of your own, which is uh, that's excellent and published and whatnot. Uh, but can you tell us about the current state of writing and publishing, and what has uh, what issues, if any, what challenges, if any, has the pandemic posed? Well, you know, the pandemic actually was a great opportunity for people. Some people who uh, found themselves without a job or, um, you know, a different schedule. You know, maybe they're not commuting, they're working from home and they have extra time. So the pandemic was actually a time when everything shut down and unless you were an essential worker, things really changed a lot. And that's given people the opportunity to write more. 
And, um, you know, there's an interesting trend with publishing nowadays. It used to be, you know, way back when, in order to get a book published, you know, you wrote it on paper, and then it had to be transferred to a machine that put all the letters in, and it was really a big deal. And, I mean, now all the progress that's been made it with, you know, when I went to college, I had a typewriter and I had to white out when I made a mistake. And now on the computer, it's just so easy. We have spell check. We can um, easily share it. And then the publishing world is very different as well. Even if people choose to go with a regular uh, traditional publishing, they really need to have a strong platform and followers, people who are looking for their book um, because a lot of the promotion work is really on the author. And it's, it's a lot of work to go to a regular publisher, but we can all publish a book for free. <laughs> and, you know, we don't have to have thousands, millions of followers, just like you have done, Luke. You've self-published a book, and I've self-published a book, and it's available on Amazon and other um, places. It's really a very straightforward thing to do. So uh, book writing and publishing has become much easier than it, it was in the past. Thank you so much for that. And it's interesting uh, that you mentioned that the pandemic posed a great opportunity for folks, right, who had more time on their hands. And perhaps that, more, that additional free time helped to encourage them or motivate them to, hey, write a book that they've always been wanting to write, that they put it off, and they, they were able to do it right then and there. And I've noticed that there's a trend that the pandemic in many ways offered lots of folks opportunities, not just writers and authors, but also entrepreneurs who started businesses and whatnot. And uh, we see this all the time that with, the, with crisis comes lots of opportunity. During the Great Depression, lots of great businesses were started during that time. So it's interesting. Now, obviously, because of the pandemic, people were writing more, and, and, and there's this, with the technology we have now, there is self-publishing. And I have self-published a book. It was a pretty easy, straightforward uh, process. You know, I, I went through Amazon KDP, and it was simple, and I just uploaded my manuscript. And I, I did have to go to a graphic designer to uh, get the book cover, and he was amazing. I found him on Fiverr. He lives in Pakistan, and uh, he, he did good work for me. And uh, my oldest sister has also uh, self-published a book. She did it before me, so she's the first in the family to do so uh, about Haiti. Uh, my, my sister, Melina, wrote a book about the different uh, zip codes and department zones in, in Haiti. It's, it's colorful and whatnot, although she doesn't sell it on Amazon. She sells it elsewhere. But uh, I, I followed along in her footsteps and uh, <laughs> uh, self-published my own book, on a, obviously on a totally different topic. But uh, self-publishing does um, create a great opportunity uh, for authors. You know, it's just so exciting now to be a writer. You know, it used to be very tough to get a, a publishing deal, right? And there were so many authors uh, that we know about that are famous that actually got rejected numerous times. Uh, before their, uh, before our company went ahead and uh, loved their book idea and whatnot. But now anyone can self-publish, 
And so it's it's truly, truly amazing. Uh, I'm curious, uh, Maria, where do you see things going in the future, and, and where do you see yourself in that future? Well, um, you know, I'm getting this Bird the Book program going, and what I see is that it's going to grow every year. We'll get more and more people interested. And in the process, I imagine that there will be some of the people that are participating in the program may want to be one of the leaders, one of the mentors in this program. So I just see it expanding and growing and helping more and more students at the Hart and Haiti School because, um, you know, the only way to create equity in the world is to pull up the people who are suffering, who don't have the education or have, through no fault of their own, been born into poverty. It's not those kids' fault. <laughs> so if we can educate them and help them to think critically and creatively and uh, come up to a level where they and, you know, if, if all of us did something like this, then everyone in the world would have a safe place to live, that the roof wouldn't fly off when there's a hurricane or collapse when there's an earthquake, we would all have the ability to follow our dreams, to eat, to have enough clothes. So, you know, it's each one of us doing our part to help out people who don't have as many advantages as we do. Wow, and that was so wonderfully put. It was amazing. You know, as you write, I'm taking down notes which I, I typically do. I just press that mute button and listen and take notes and jot things down. And uh, there was a lot that you said that hit home with me. Uh, you talked a lot about, uh, well, first you talked about the future of the writing publishing world. Obviously, it's going to grow. I think as more and more people understand self-publishing, we're going to see so many great books out there than we've, that we've ever seen before. My understanding is at least a million or more books are, are published or self-published a year, and I'm sure that number is going to explode upwards. Um, and it's easier to read now. You don't actually have to have the physical copy of the book. You can um, read online, read electronically through Kindle and other devices. You can listen to books now. You have audio books and whatnot. So um, that is just absolutely amazing. So there will be lots more publishing and reading in the future. So it's definitely going to grow. Uh, you talked a lot about the school uh, that you founded in Haiti, you know, the Hart School. And, uh, you know, this uh, – it's special to me because obviously I'm, I'm a son of Haitian immigrants. So, you know, although born and raised in New York City, uh, my family, my parents came to this country from Haiti. And um, you know, so I've been to Haiti only twice. The last time was in 90, 1999, which is a long time ago. But, um, you know, my father used to go there all the time. Uh, but he's had to stop doing so, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, I'm very appreciative of it. I'm, you know, so is my family, of course, for all the work you're doing in Haiti. And, uh, you know, obviously Haiti needs all the help they can get, of course. And uh, it's interesting you talked a lot about how the way to build equity and to build value is to take, uh, to take, a, to take on all these folks who, are, who may not know a lot of things, right, who are poor, and to educate them and to bring them up, and that's how you – create equity really fast. It reminds me of a real estate where you could take a rundown house and fix it up, right? And then 
maybe perhaps double its value, I suppose, or you know, really enhance it. So there, there is something to that. And uh, so if everyone also did their part, the world would be a lot, uh, would be a much better place. If everyone uh, gave a little bit, you know, think about it. We have, uh, we're a nation of 300 plus million people. If everyone gave a dollar, that's $300 million to a charity. And then that could go a long way to help folks. So a lot of people doing a little bit uh, compounds and does and, and adds up to a, a really big thing. So uh, that is totally true. And, uh, you know, and it is important from a moral and religious perspective to, to help folks who are downtrodden to, to rise up. You know, and, you know, I was born in obviously uh, a very wealthy country, the United States, and, you know, it, it's possible I could have been born in Haiti. You never know, right? I was just one generation removed. And uh, from, you know, obviously being in the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere to now, uh, you know, I had the luxury of being born in the wealthiest country in the Western Hemisphere, if not the world. So um, it, it, it's quite something, I, I, you know, <laughs> and I always hear about the stories of family that live in Haiti and what they go through. So the poverty there is tough. It's a country that's uh, been tested. It's gone through a lot of uh, upheaval and exploitation in many ways. Uh, obviously, I can go on and on and on about it, but I won't. <laughs> but uh, uh, let's just say I'm very appreciative of the work you do uh, for the Haitian people. Uh, I'm curious now. Obviously, uh, you help folks to write uh, books and, and whatnot and memoirs. And I, I just wanted to know, uh, what would you say to someone who thinks that what you do is unnecessary? Or maybe someone who thinks they could write a book on their own and they don't really need the help. They can just figure it all out. Um, what would you say to an individual like that? Well, I would say go ahead and try it and see what happens. You know, I, I just know from my personal perspective and other people that I work with that writing is a very solitary practice. You know, we do it mostly on our own. And what often gets in our way is our mind. You know, we think, oh, my gosh, who am I to write this book, you know, Maybe, you know, you want, I, we, I might wonder, well, is this good enough? I don't know if somebody else would like this. Um, you know, we have so many, I have so many self-doubts, and I know other writers have a lot of self-doubts because, you know, spending time alone, we need that feedback and, um, and someone to say, well, yes, you know, great job. You wrote five pages today. Awesome. And, you know, on another day, maybe they, somebody will want feedback and, and will offer them feedback. So, you know, if somebody can write on their own and don't need any help, then, you know, that's fine and that's great that they can do it. But I don't think there's many writers who do it all on their own. You know, they have loved ones that they can share their stories with that they're not certain um, or a group of, of writers is, is really what we offer is a community group of writers who will support you no matter what's going on. And uh, the other thing is that sometimes we lose our motivation. And if we know that we have a writing circle coming up on Friday and it's Monday, we might schedule more time to write and make sure that we have something to share with the group. So it's motivation, it's feedback, it's encouragement, and it's also people who have done this before. You know, I've, this is my, I'm working on my fourth and fifth books. I've already published three. So 
so I have uh, wisdom to share along the way. And it's always nice to have an easier road to go and to travel it with others than to just travel all by ourselves. Wow. And I would say that's excellently put. And it's interesting how oftentimes when people achieve success, it's hardly by themselves. It's never a lo- it's never totally a lone wolf kind of endeavor, so to speak. Um, and particularly with writing a book, because I, I know when I wrote my book, I had help. You know, I had my older sister who self-published a book, give me advice. I went on Fiverr to look for a graphic designer to help me with the book cover, the back, and the spine, you know, and, uh, and then to format the book and whatnot. And he gave me a lot of great advice, and I had another friend give me some advice on how to, you know, display the ISBN and whatnot. So uh, it wasn't at all a solitary effort on my, on my part. Obviously, I was the one responsible for writing most of, if not all, the manuscript, of course. But uh, it was a team effort, and so to speak. And I think if that's the case for most writers who write books. Uh, they obviously have, you know, lots of folks who, who help them out in terms of maybe giving them ideas. Uh, an editor, you know, when you write a book, you need an editor to edit the manuscript to find any grammatical errors, to, to polish the book a little bit. And so it definitely is um, not necessarily something that you just do solely on your own, of course, particularly for uh, writers who are beginning and, and need a lot of help in the beginning in, in terms of how to figure things out when it comes to writing and, and publishing and whatnot. So absolutely. Now, you mentioned before the idea of having people around you, a community, to provide feedback, encouragement, motivation, and accountability. And I totally agree with that. I, I always tell people that the number one key to success is other people um, for multiple reasons. <laughs> you know, uh, if, you, if you're trying to achieve a certain level of success, uh, it's good to be around people who, who've already done it, so to speak, so you can learn from them. You can absorb information and knowledge from them. And, of course, and being around other people who are at your level, they'll want to uh, rise as well. Um, they could, uh, you know, challenge each other and, and work together. Uh, they, uh, ask, and, you know, there's a quote that says that you're the combination of the three or four people you hang out with the most. That's, that's so true. You know, if you hang out with three millionaires, it'll be the fourth one, right? <laughs> if you're over, it, and, and it's true. And if you're overweight and you hang out with fit people that are in shape, you have no choice but to lose weight. It's just something about that. I don't know if it's osmosis or, or whatnot, but uh, it's and obviously when you have a wide network, you know more about opportunities, particularly if you're unemployed and looking for work. They say one of the best ways to find a job is through connections and whatnot. And uh, so it, it's no surprise that they did a study that found the luckiest people in the world tend to have uh, be, be extroverted and tend to know a lot of people. So they, it helps them to have multiple years to the ground uh, for opportunities and whatnot. And having a large network also helps you whenever you're trying to sell something. Um, I always tell people this, uh, this little story about one of the Kardashians. I think it was Kylie Jenner. And uh, so she, um, she has a large Instagram following, right, one of the largest Instagram followings uh, in, in, the, in all of Instagram. And she, um, she basically came out with this, uh, she debuted this makeup line, and it sold out within a matter of, I believe, days and whatnot, and she became like a millionaire, billionaire, gazillionaire, whatnot. 
And she didn't really have to spend money on marketing or whatnot. She just had such a large following of fans on social media who were willing to buy because they knew like they knew and liked her and they were fans, so they just bought her makeup and it was and just like that. So um, there is something to this idea that the number one key to success is other people. Uh, and so uh, that I think I always stress that to people. So I'm curious. Now, obviously, there's a lot of folks out there that help people when it comes to writing and publishing and whatnot. And I, I wanted to know, how do you stand out amongst those people? Uh, what is your competitive advantage as a writing coach? Well, I heard about some other programs that coach writing coaches, and I, the, there's one that it was $18,000, <laughs> which is quite a bit more expensive than my program, and some other programs where people felt pushed a lot, and um, it just didn't fit with their personality. My personality is very gentle and soft. So uh, some many writers are introverts. They don't. They like being by themselves and they like writing. And it can be scary for them coming into a group. I am an easy person to talk to, to be with, to be truthful about. They can say, "Oh, I'm really scared about this. I'm not sure what to do," and I'll be. Uh, saying, well, you know, I've been been there with you, I understand, and here's how I got through it. Being, uh, you know, I think that I'm not better or worse than someone else. I think it's more of each person finding the right fit for their personality. So I, like I said, I'm gentle. We have community groups that we are kind to each other and encouraging and then I bring in other professionals, people who are similarly kind and gentle and, you know, like this community spirit. I have an editor that's doing a, um, that will be doing a master class. I have a voice empowerment coach that will be working with people to learn how to share authentically when they go to speak about their book. And I have a really lovely a business coach who teaches people who may not have a big following how to collect a community, how to build a community and, and an audience. So if there's people who like a gentle approach that's effective, then they would really enjoy being in the Hearts Blooming community. Wow, that's amazing. So it's what you described, I think, fits me to a T uh, in terms of <laughs> you know, the idea that uh, you, know, you most writers are introverted, you mentioned, right? And I'm definitely introverted, but I'm working on it, right? It, it has its ups and downs. And uh, so you essentially work with people who are right fit for you and vice versa. You're right fit for them. And uh, you have that kind of kind, polite, courteous, easygoing uh, persona. Uh, and uh, you don't charge eighteen thousand dollars, or uh, I think that was the price tag you mentioned. <laughs> so that's great. <laughs> and <laughs> so, uh, but you know, it's funny. I was reading a book on sales and marketing, and they said that when you get someone to pay you that kind of money, they're more likely to 
take things seriously, right? <laughs> Maybe there is something to that. I don't know. Uh, so, again, uh, you mentioned how in some organizations they, they really push people, but you have more of a gentle approach. You, you mentioned you're gentle and soft, right? And, and you've been there, so you, you know what it takes to become a successful author, and, and people can learn from you, and you, as a coach you can help people. You can speed them along that learning curve so they don't have to make uh, the same mistakes that you might have made when you were doing this on your own. They get to learn from your experience and whatnot. So that's amazing uh, and incredible. And you mentioned that you bring other people in, right, that could help folks, clients, and whatnot uh, in terms of writing better, in terms of better promotion. And, uh, and you mentioned that you have a business coach yourself, and you're trying to get help in the area of building a, you know, a tribe uh, and, and building a, a community of fans and whatnot. And, and I think all people should to do that. You know, everyone out there should try to build somewhat of a community for themselves out there. Uh, and there's so many different ways to do it, a blog, a podcast, a YouTube channel, uh, Instagram, and Facebook group. So, uh, you know, it, because when you have a large group of people and you want to sell something, it, it becomes a whole lot easier, right? We, I go back to that Kylie Jenner example. <laughs> so, uh, so there is something to that, building a community. Um, I'm curious now. I'm sure that you've helped a lot of folks uh, in, in many different ways. And is, is it possible you can share maybe some of the most moving or entertaining stories from your career or life in general? Sure. My first book is called Living Passionately, 21 People Who Found Their Purpose and How You Can Too. And that was a wonderful project because we had 21 authors, most of which had never published a book before. Some spoke Creole. They were from Haiti. And normally their stories aren't shared as much. That's another equity thing that a lot of people in poor countries that we don't hear their voices, we don't hear their perspectives. So, and I had people who were afraid of writing, they would tell me their story and I wrote it down and then we edited it together. So that was a big success. You know, having people who never thought they would publish, publish a beautiful book that inspires people. And I wanna share another story from someone in the writing circles, a young lady who she had written a lot of poetry and it was very healing for her, really getting her feelings expressed. And she had written two poetry books, hadn't published them. And she shared them with me and shared them with her friends. And sometimes in the beginning of writing, you know, we just get our feelings out and that's a healing process. It's not necessarily that those pieces are ready to publish. And then you know, after she worked in our circle for a bit, she had written another book. And just the growth between those first poetry books and this one was incredible. There was just a new way that she was almost outside of herself, observing her growth, observing other people's reaction, and just a, a, a loving kindness in the way she's working through challenges in her life. So that's a real success story. Her book will be coming out pretty soon, which is exciting. It's Chasing Butterflies by Carrie McMahon. 
So I would say that's a recent success story that I'd like to share. Amazing. And thank you so much for sharing that uh, success story. And, you know, so it's interesting how with writing, you, you, you saw that growth from the first and the second book, right? The first one was about poetry. And, you know, by writing those poems and whatnot and, and putting your feelings in those poems, it helped her with healing. And, uh, and so that's amazing. Uh, healing can come through writing, can be therapeutic and whatnot. And uh, so now you've seen her grow and develop as a person, and now she has this second book, Chasing Butterflies. Great title, by the way. <laughs> so I'm definitely, definitely going to check that book out. I, lo I love the title already. And so you mentioned the first book, and I think you sent me a copy of it, I believe the audio version of it. And I believe that book features uh, Anthony Church, a, a mutual friend of ours. He's the one who introduced us to each other. Amazing uh, gentleman, I must say. I first met him through in business school. He was a classmate of mine. So, um, so great people tend to know great people. So that's another great thing about networking and, and whatnot. So um, it's interesting. Now, you um, talked a lot about um, you know poor countries and uh, how a lot of folks from there don't. We don't often hear their voices. And uh, obviously, developed countries tend to get all the attention, of course. And uh, but there are obviously billions of people who live in in poorer countries, and we don't get to hear from them at all. And you know, I loved how you talked about how you uh, were able to record the stories of folks who don't like writing, <laughs> but uh, you were able to still work with those individuals and and give them a voice. And that's uh, so amazing, of course. And so. I'm curious. Now, obviously, um, uh, we've been talking a lot about networking, building networks, communities, and whatnot. And we uh, we met through networking because we had a mutual friend uh, sort of introduce each other uh, to uh, one to another, so to speak. And uh, so, uh, because due to Anthony Church, of course. So I'm curious. Um, and uh, how do you, um, what networking advice would you give to folks? Because there's a lot of people out there that would love to get to a point where they mostly or solely rely on referrals if they're selling some kind of product or service, or people who, who may not be selling something, but let's say they're looking for work and they would love to have a wide network so they know more about job opportunities. What, what networking advice do you have for folks? Well, I'm going to share the story actually with Anthony. You know, I've been friends with Anthony for a long time, and he and two other entrepreneurs and I would get together on a regular basis and share where we were, what we were working on, and then what challenges we had, and we would help each other through that. So it was like a small community circle that we created for ourselves and those small circles are really wonderful because it's a safe place to share the challenges and to receive support. And then interestingly enough, Anthony introduced me to BNI, which is Business Networking International. And I joined a local group and that was wonderful because they teach you how to build your business through referrals. And I would really recommend to anybody trying out BNI groups. You, um, there's lots of chapters 
all around the United States, I believe even all around the world, and it's a great way to learn to network. And also, you know, there's so many opportunities to meet people in our interest areas. I had a friend on Facebook reach out to me and asked me during the pandemic if I would join her writing circle that she was starting up. And that's really what led to these circles. I mean, we have such a wonderful time. We're all intuitive writers and we get together twice a month. We've just helped each other in leaps and bounds. And that model is, is part of the model that I use in my Birth of the Book program. So really my advice is to keep your eyes open Check out networking groups in your area. There's BNI and there's all, also other ones. I know there's women's networking groups. There's networking groups for creatives. They can be online or in person. So many opportunities. Wow. Thank you so much for that excellent advice. You know, I always tell people that their, their network is their net worth. And it sounds corny, but it's true. <laughs> So uh, you you know you talked a lot about how you um, enjoyed a lot of benefits from these small circles, these uh, small intimate groups, right? And uh, so oftentimes, you know, quality is better than quantity, right? You guys get to go in depth with each other more because there's just a few of you guys, and uh, in terms of uh, you know what you're about, what you're looking for, whatnot. So everyone has a deep understanding of what everyone is uh, searching for, and so they can in turn so they can help one another out and whatnot. So I, I love the idea of these kind of small circles, and and that's how you met uh, Anthony Church, right? And uh, so uh, it's interesting. Now he's the one who introduced you uh, to uh, BNI. Um, so that's amazing. I've heard of BNI before. Uh, the gentleman who founded BNI, uh, his name is Ivan Misner, right? I'm sure you've heard of him. Um, I actually read his his uh, I've read several of his books on networking, and so he's essentially a, a networking a genius, so to speak. Um, and I might as well throw in Bob Burke, who also wrote Endless Referrals and Go Giver. He's also great too. Might as well throw the throw him in there too. And so. You, you also talked about how you had a, a person reach out to you, uh, Facebook, right, who was essentially in the, working in the same niche that you work in, so to speak. And it's interesting that when I was uh, introduced to you, I, I also connected with you on LinkedIn, and um, LinkedIn's also a great place to meet folks. I, I consider LinkedIn a 24-7 networking event, uh, so <laughs> love LinkedIn. <laughs> and, uh, but, and this idea of keeping your eyes open, uh, obviously, there's so many networking groups out there. There's BNI. There's so much. I, I know my older sister works a lot uh, with organizations and whatnot when it comes to the Haitian diaspora. Um, so, uh, so she's very good with that. And uh, so, yeah, that, that's uh, that's excellent advice that you shared with us and whatnot. So, uh, I'm curious now. Obviously, while we're on the subject of networking and and uh, referrals and, and, and whatnot. I, I wanted to know what, what type of folks do you work with mostly? Like do they come from a certain type of uh, profession for the most part? Like what would I have to hear from someone in order for me to refer them to you? In order to refer someone to me, it would be someone that has talked about writing a book, 
or maybe even started a book and has been having trouble finishing them, they wouldn't need to come from any certain sort of organization. Uh, just someone who's talked about writing a book or maybe feels stuck, all of those people would be great referrals for me. Thank you so much for that um, excellent answer. So it's obviously anyone who's looking to write a book and maybe has been putting it off and whatnot and they need someone to give them the extra push and tell them, you know, and explain the process, so to speak. And someone who may have started a book but hasn't finished it, right, and they're stuck. So, and it could be a, a book that's in any kind of genre. It could be fiction. It could be nonfiction, you know, whatnot. So, um, so they would make an excellent referral for you. Uh, so that's amazing. Thank you so much for that. And um, so I'm also very curious. Now, obviously, you are a woman, right? And I always give this question to, to female guests and, and, and guests of color. Uh, have you, by any chance, ever experienced uh, sexism or any discrimination of any kind, and if you have, how are you able to deal with it and overcome it? I don't, to be honest, I don't recall experiencing sexism. I remember that when I played tennis, if I played with a young man and I beat him, he didn't like it very much, but there was no um, issue of sexism it uh, it just was what it was. Um, I don't know why that is. Maybe partly because my father treated me in a similar way to my brother. You know, I was older than him, and so I was the one who cut the lawn first. And, you know, he always encouraged us both to be athletic and to work hard in school. And so I don't know if his attitude was what I expected in the world and that maybe that I've just been lucky enough that I have been treated fairly. So I'm grateful for that. Okay, wonderful. So you haven't experienced so much in terms of sexism and discrimination. That's a great thing, um, except for in the tennis court, right? Uh, <laughs> maybe that, that wasn't too bad in, in, you know, compared to what other people go through, I suppose. But that, that's wonderful to hear. And, it, and obviously you talked a lot about your father and, and how he was able to uh, raise you, and, and there was no favoritism based on gender and whatnot. And so that's excellent to hear and whatnot. So I'm curious now, uh, what advice would you give to folks who are listening to you and they're thinking, you know, I want to be a writer, I want to be a writing coach, I want to do what Maria's doing. Um, they're aspiring to, to, to follow your path, so to speak. Uh, what tips would you give them? I would say to come and join us and join our community. I love people who want to be leaders. I, I um, really believe in shared leadership, that we all have wisdom, and there's no one person above another person. We always have gifts to share. So, you know, anybody who wants to be an author, who wants to lead writing circles, if you feel like you're ready to do it now on your own, give it a try. If you would like to have some mentorship, in the process, maybe to see how it's done in a little bit different way from other organizations. Have them, 
have them come and see, and I, I would love to work with anyone and encourage them to be their best selves. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that. So they can join you and your community, Hearts Blooming is the name of it. And I think that would be an excellent decision for an aspiring writer or writing coach to do. And they can come and join Maria. And uh, so they would find uh, wisdom, mentorship, and they could, uh, you mentioned shared leadership. So that's excellent. So I'm curious, what advice would you give to someone who's looking for a writing coach and, but let's say you're busy. Let's say you have your hands full with clients, you're on vacation, and for some reason you, you can't help them out. What advice would you give to someone looking for the, a great writing coach? I would say that it's important to check out the different people that are advertising, doing writing coaches, and feel into whether this is a good fit for them. Make sure that they can schedule a, a consultation call so they can ask questions. A free call with them is a really good start. I also have an editor that I work with that if I wasn't able to help somebody, I would share their name, Jenya Goma, and she's going to be part of the Hearts Blooming, the um, Birth of Book program. So if I was too busy to work with them, I would definitely send them Genia's way. Wow, thank you so much for that. And it's interesting um, how coaches oftentimes know other coaches that they can send business to when, when their hands are full, which is great. So you, you guys are helping each other out. There's more than enough for everyone, so to speak. And so obviously one coach can't coach everyone out there who needs a coach. It's just not really possible. So uh, thank you so much for that. Now you mentioned the, the tips you, that you mentioned included the idea of a consultation, uh, usually a free consultation, seeing if uh, someone's the right fit. You mentioned the idea of being a right fit when I gave you the question about, you know, what was your competitive advantage? You see if, you know, if you're a good fit and vice versa, they're a good fit for you. So that's something that people should keep in mind. Obviously, no one coach is good for everyone, right, of course. So, you know, some people may want to pay that $18,000, <laughs> right? So maybe it works for people because, <laughs> you know, when you pay that kind of money, maybe that keeps you more motivated and dialed in. So maybe there is something to that kind of high price tag. <laughs> Yeah, I so, know I have um, a friend who went through that program, and it worked great for her, and I'm happy that that worked. But, you know, that's not for everyone. Um, yeah, so it's everybody. You're right. We can't coach everybody. We're, we're, it's like puzzle pieces, you know. We look for the other puzzle piece that is going to work for us, and we put that together and become a team. Absolutely. You, you put it better than I could. So thank you for that. Now, I was curious. Now, obviously, you mentioned uh, you dropped a lot of wisdom during our conversation. But what other important life lessons would you like to share with us that uh, you've learned from others or you learned on your own? Other important life lessons. Well, the coach that I'm working with now, Leona Morrison, who's teaching me how to build community, the way I'm doing it is really going through all my contacts and I call them up and find out what they've been up to recently, which is really nice because 
through the pandemic and other things going on, I didn't keep in touch with everybody. So now I'm having a chance to hear what they're up to and to tell them about the book writing program that I have going on that's helping the students in Haiti. And it's interesting because I've made hundreds and hundreds of calls. And at first, I don't know why I was scared, you know. (laughs) Oh, are they going to be mad at me? I haven't called in a while. But every single call has been inspiring. I hear about wonderful things. These um, friends and acquaintances I have are up to now. And then they hear what I'm up to. And, you know, a lot of the people, they say it takes, well, my coach, Leona, says for every 10 people you speak to, maybe one might uh, join your program. And so it's not like a sales call where I have to push and make something happen. It's just building connections in a gentle way and then having this community grow organically rather than pushing. So it's a very good feeling. If, you know, people can follow their intuition, enjoy the ride as we go on it, and build what our heart is asking us to create. For that, and that's actually great advice. Uh, this, this idea of getting more connected to the network we already have, right, and, and growing those relationships deeper. You know, going through that warm market. And it's interesting how you, you might have been a little nervous and hesitant at first, but it, it worked out very well. It wasn't like you were cold calling, right? You, these are people that know you already, so they were willing to talk to you and tell you what's going on. And, and that's a good closing rate, one out of ten. I actually like that a lot. So, but, um, so there is something to that, right, um, connecting with people, particularly with the pandemic, right, things were kind of what things went kind of haywire for a while, so it's good to kind of touch base with folks and and see what they're up to and and how well they're doing. And uh, and maybe there are ways you can help them out, uh, and and you can provide value to them, of course. So I actually think that's a great idea. And um, besides calling folks, you can message people on Facebook you haven't talked to in a while. And uh, I think that that is such a simple activity, but it, 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 I think it, it's something that one could gain and earn a lot from. So I think that's actually excellent advice. And uh, so uh, thank you so much for sharing that. So I, I'm curious now, we've been on this, this topic of books and writing and whatnot. So I wanted to know what, what, book, what top book recommendations do you have for folks? And what top author guru recommendations do you have uh, for for all of us. Oh gosh, top books. Oh, it's so hard to choose. <laughs> There's just so many amazing books out there. One book that I'll never forget is uh, Three Cups of Tea. Um, I don't remember the name of the author, but I very much enjoyed that. It was the idea that you know before we moved forward on a project, we have three cups of tea with a person. We get to know them and build a relationship with them. Uh, you know, Stephen Covey, the seven, what is the seven habits of success or something like that. Stephen Covey's books are great. There are so many really wonderful books and those are the two that come to mind right now. 
And there's lots of great gurus as well. You know, I think of Gandhi. I think of um, India Airy. <laughs> She's a musician, but her music is so inspiring. And, um, you know, so finding music that speaks to us, that inspires us. I know I did quite a bit of anti-racism work after George Floyd, and I would listen to India Airy's songs and just be inspired to keep going. So music, books, and, you know, everybody's unique in what calls them. And so I would say each person, who, who are your, I think you already shared some of your favorite authors. And um, the one thing I wanted to say is that Ivan Meisner is great, and he actually wrote the foreword for my first book, Living Passionately. So that was really a, a cool connection to make. Wow, that's excellent. Uh, that to have Ivan Misner write the forward for your book, that is amazing. So, um, but I'm curious, do you have any podcast recommendations? Podcast? I don't know that I listen to so many podcasts. Rachel Maddox, when she was doing podcasts, I loved them. She is uh, really wonderful. I think, I don't know if she's still continuing to do them, but she has some previous episodes. She talks a lot about building community and healing after trauma, and she does it in a way that's really um, collaborative and with community. Amazing. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? I think you'd be great. I know you'd be great. Well, thank you. Uh, I have thought about starting a podcast. I think it would be fun. And I think, you know, when we get the Birth of Book program going a little bit more, and it would be neat to have all the authors in the program have a spot on the podcast so we could share the great news of their book coming out. That's another advantage of being in the birth of book program because you've got other people who can share your book with their networks and it's just great to get the word out. Wow. Amazing. So I've been writing everything down that you, you mentioned. I love the idea of, of, you know, the, uh, well, I think the book recommendations you made three cups of tea uh, you you talked about music that you like as well, which is amazing. I I, I think it's India Ari, or but you may be right in the way you're pronouncing it. I don't know, but she's great. I've heard some of her songs, and you mentioned Gandhi. Love Gandhi, of course, great historic figure. And you talked a lot about Covey. Uh, I believe his book is Seven Habits of Effective People, something to that effect, right? So he's amazing. Uh, so. Definitely want to check out Three Cups of Tea, and, and, and I know when you start your podcast, it'll be great, and so you could, you could do it for free with Anchor, which is, just want to throw that out there. <laughs> so um, doesn't take as much work as you think. So um, also, uh, I was curious now, um, you know, the, the book recommendations have been great, and definitely want to reread my book, uh, the books by Ivan Misner that I have. He's amazing, of course. And so, but could you go ahead and just describe all the ways that uh, people can reach out and get in touch with you and connect with you? 
Yes, the easiest way to get in touch with me is to type this website page in, heartsblooming.org slash gift. And that is a direct connection to make an appointment to do a video chat with me. So it's heartsblooming.org slash gift. And that'll take you right to my calendar. And you can connect with me that way. If you prefer doing an email, my email is the number two, Maria Blonde, so that's M-A-R-I-A-B-L-O-N at gmail.com. So those are the two best ways to get in touch with me. You can check out our website at heartsblooming.org to learn more about the Birth of Book program and writing circles and all that fun stuff. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that. Just so you know, the information you just shared with us will be available in the show notes, so people will be able to see and read it there. Thank you so much uh, for sharing that with us again. So I guess as we wrap up, um, you know, I wanted to thank you again for being a guest. I'm going to thank the audience for listening. Do you want to leave us with any last word or final send-off? The last words are to follow your heart. And don't worry about how you're going to make your dreams come true. Find a group of people who you feel aligned with, who will support you and encourage you. And one step at a time, you can make your dreams come true. Thank you so much for those great words and and great advice. I want to, again, to thank, thank you for being a guest. I want to thank you guys in the audience for listening. I'm going to see you guys in the next episode. Um, Everyone have a great, excellent night. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, guys, before you go, just real quick, um, if you can just do me a favor, if you can head over uh, to the uh, Apple Podcast app, And if you're not there already, and if you can leave me a five-star review, that would be great. Um, If you love the show, if you can just go ahead and do that, and that will help uh, to spread the word about the show, and other people can enjoy the show as much as you do. And so if you can do that, that would mean the world to me. And also, if you want to email me uh, with any feedback or any praise or support, Um, please feel free to go ahead and do that. And you can also email me to request to be put on our email list. Uh, So uh, we can uh, send you out emails uh, when new episodes come out. So uh, thank you very much for being a fan of the show. Thank you for listening to the show and supporting the show. So if you can do that, go out and give us a a five-star review on the Apple Podcast uh, app. That would be great. And if you can email us. So we can put you on the email list and email us with feedback and praise. That'd be amazing. Uh, Thank you so much, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye.